Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another episode of So I Married a Horror Fan. I am one of your co-hosts Simon. And I'm Lee. And this is uh, our Crossing the Stream episode for the month of August. We hope everyone's having a wonderful time. We hope everyone's enjoying themselves, staying safe, has had a wonderful summer. Um, yeah, it's been pretty... Pretty fucking hot. It has been pretty fucking hot. It's been pretty fucking hot. But it's a cool night as we're record recording this. The, st the dark nights are rolling in. We've got a crisp campfire and apple candle going on. Autumn is rolling in. One can only dream of it. And uh, it will sp soon be... Spooky season. Spoopy season. Spoopy season. Um... So, on today's episode, we are going to be discussing a childhood dream turned nightmare as we look at the Banana Splits movie from 2019. Mm -hmm. um, this is going to be a very interesting episode, I think. Because <sighs> um, this is a fucking weird movie. It fucking is. Um, so... Before we get into it, do you want to do do your bits and pieces? I do indeed. So, Banana Split was released in 2019. It was written by Jed Elanoff and Scott Thomas. Yep. Yeah, boys. And was directed by Danishka... Danishka Esterhazy. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Okay. Been, been practising saying that. Thanks. Catherine's in this film, we have Danny Kinder's Best... As best as Beth, she is the best. Um, Steve Lund as Mitch, uh, Finley Wojtak Hissen. I'm going with that as Harley. Uh, Selena Martin as Poppy, Sarah Canning as Rebecca, Romeo Kariri, Kariri as Austin, Maria Nash as Zoe. Oh God. Naledi Majola yeah. as Paige. Richard White as Stevie. Mm -hmm. I know who Stevie is. I was like, who's that? Uh, Kiroshan Nadu as Thad. Mm -hmm. Leah Sachs as Parker. I think that's her dad. Yeah. Lionel Newton as Carl. Daniel Fox as Andy. And then we also have Eric... Bowser as Bingo, Flegel, Drooper and the announcer, the voice for it. Uh -huh. And then we have Terry Souls as Flegel, Brandon Vargam as Snorky, Corey Clark as Drooper, Buntu Plam as Bingo. That's the actual physical performers in the, the actual suit, isn't it? physical people. Because Snorky doesn't have a voice because he doesn't talk, does he? He does not. He just does elephant shit. He just does elephant shit. Uh, I've what? also realised we've got the window open and there is football a football on. game happening. So Do apologies. Do you want to pull the window too? No, it's <laughs> fine. Um, apologies uh, if you can hear any background line wise, a family attends a live taping of the Banana Spits television series, but are forced to survive as soon as the characters go haywire and start a killing spree around the studio. That, which, yes, that is indeed the plot line of this film. 
So I learned from this movie that Canada rules. Because <laughs> mm. uh, Danish, Danishka Esterhazy is Canadian. Mm-hmm. She also directed last year's Slumber Party Massacre remake, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we may at some point cover on a Crossing the Stream because it's now available on Shudder in the UK and on Blu-ray and DVD. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Danny Kind is Canadian and so is Stephen Lund. Uh, is what's her face Canadian? Sarah Cannon. I don't know. I feel this like was yes, a Canadian production, that, wasn't it? But I'm not entirely sure. Let's have a look. Does it tell me anywhere? Uh, do, 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 do. No, it doesn't say whether or not she's Canadian on her IMDb page. Oh, so... But she's in quite a lot of Canadian productions. Yeah. Let's have a look. I will Google her. Sarah Canning is Canadian. Yeah. Because Haven was a Canadian show, wasn't She's it? She's not in... No, but Stephen Lund was Stephen in Lund that. Stephen Lund was in Haley. And in obviously, Haley. Working Mums, which is one of my favourite TV shows ever, is a Canadian production. And obviously, mm. Danny Kind was in that. And I think they shoot one and up in Canada as well, maybe? She was I in that for a bit. think you are correct. But, yeah. Obviously, Sarah Canning, we are, we are friends of on the podcast now because we've covered her before. I mean, she's I was, also one of my favourite TV shows. She's in two of my favourite TV series. She's shows. in Super Rock. She's in Superhost. Super Rock is a fucking TV show. Oh, so what? Yeah, she's in Superhost, which you've covered. She's also in the Vampire Diaries, and she's also in a series of unfortunate events. Who did she play in the series of unfortunate events? She plays Jacqueline. Is she in? Is in the TV series, yeah, not the, the far TV's. superior Jim Carrey film. Oh, that was just a dick move, wasn't it? Uh, no, the film. No, the TV series. <laughs> you didn't even know yourself. Then, it's did always you? like, like looking at it, and I could see like Count Olaf in the little image, and I was like, "That looks like." Wait, what's she doing all up in the fucking War for the Planet of the Apes? She plays what? Lake, apparently. Nice. So, I, I I guess the obvious question, the first question is, mm-hmm. um, Banana Splits. How familiar were you with the Banana Splits? Is it something you grew up with as a child, or is it something you're just aware of because of it being like in the pop in pop culture? In all honesty, until you decided we were going to do this Banana Splits movie, never really heard of it. Okay. So I think I was a little bit too young mm-hmm. for Banana Splits. Counterpoint, as she's just said that, this show originally aired from 1968 to 1970. I was born in 1985, so she's saying I'm old, like for a show that finished 15 years before I was born. It came back though, didn't it? Um, they brought it back as a cart. It came back as a cartoon. I don't. Th- they did do a modern version of it, but I grew up watching the original ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, it must have still been on in reruns when you were a kid, mm-hmm. because it did. It was not on as reruns when I was a kid. I can tell you that. Um. So I never saw it. I didn't. wasn't even aware of it. Mm-hmm. Was not even in my wheelhouse. So, you weren't really familiar with it at all then, really? Nope. So, I remember when I was a kid. So, we're going back many, many years. Many a moon. So, when I was in primary school. So, like, younger than 12. Mm-hmm. Probably about 10. Um... On Cartoon Network, they used to show a lot of the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Mm-hmm. So they showed, obviously, like... <gasps> Wacky Race! Flintstones, Wacky Races, <sighs> Catch the Pigeon... Scooby-Doo! Josie and the Pussycats, mm, and this. Captain Caveman. Yeah. 
But in America, this was like an hour-long TV show. Over in the UK, they would cut it down into like half an hour episodes. Kind of like how Dragon Ball was like dragged out, a whole episode was dragged out for a week. Mm-hmm. They would show like an hour-long episode, like five nights at like 20 minutes apiece um, on Cartoon Network for some fucking reason. Um, and when I was a kid, um, my my main memories of watching this was when I was a kid, because we lived so close to where my school was, like, you know the school I went to mm-hmm. and how close it is to my parents' house. My mum would bring me home for lunch. So I would have my lunches at home with my mum. And we would go to the chip shop, get chips, have chip butties and watch, like, Hanna-Barbera cartoons. And it used to be, like, a different schedule every day. So some days I'd watch Banana Split, some days I'd watch Wacky Races, some days I'd watch The Jetsons, etc., um, I, I just want to count point here, just to drop in with people who are not British. Chip Butty <laughs> is two slices of bread with chips inside it. Yeah, He's if you're American, it'd be like French fries, I guess. But like most people know when when British people say chips from a chip shop, they know what we mean. Yeah, it's like fries in bread. Yeah. That's all it is. You so, buy bread, chuck some chips in it. Yeah. Eat my, a sandwich. My mum would go and buy, so we would get like a large portion of chips... Sometimes I would have a sausage, sometimes not. And she would li- we would literally sit at home and like eat chips. And Not every day. I don't want people thinking that my mum fed me chips every day. Some days she would make me like a lunch and I would have lunch at home. And so banana splits was one of the things that they showed during like that like hour or two hour block of like Hanna-Barbera stuff. So it was something I grew up watching. And also my mum will tell anybody this because I, t- I still did it up until my 20s. Whenever I was sick as a kid, I would always go and lie on the sofa with my mum and we would just watch cartoons. That's what I would do. Um, so I would watch like all the stuff that was on Cartoon Network, which kind of surprises me because you grew up with Cartoon Network. But I think by that point, by the time you were a child, they'd moved into more of the cow and chicken, Johnny Bravo, yeah, so cow, my, Courage the Cowardly Dog stuff. My Cartoon Network was... Um, yeah... Courage the Cowardly Dog, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, um, Dexter's Laboratory. Mm. I always find it mental uh, growing up because over here, like T- uh, Cartoon Network was owned by TNT. So on like Friday nights at like seven o'clock, they would stop Cartoon Network programming and they would show WCW wrestling. Yes. It would change to TNT, and then you'd we would just watch like WCW wrestling, which is the fucking maddest thing. You come home from school on a fr- Friday nights when you come home from school used to be lit. No, 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 no. Because no, you would no. watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, then you'd watch WCW, no, 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 and it would no, be no, lit. No, no, no. You used to Friday nights. This is my Friday night as a kid. Get in, have your dinner. You'd watch whatever shit your parents were watching. Normally, Corey and EastEnders. Sometimes Emmerdale if you're feeling Sometimes frisky. Sometimes Emmerdale. Normally Hollyoaks as well, because my mum watched Hollyoaks for quite a long time. And then it would be Xena Warrior Princess, Hercules Legendary Journey. Both shows aired on a Saturday. No, they showed aired on a Friday on Channel 4. I was going to say, because Sky 1, which is what they used to, they originally aired on, was We didn't Buffy. have Sky 1, we had Terrestrial yeah, TV. Yeah, because Buffy name. was the Sky 1 on, on a Friday night. No, it used to air, I'm pretty sure it was either Channel 4 or Channel 5, Friday mm. night, so it used to be Xena and then Hercules directly after it. Nice. But it was like the older season, so Sky had the newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the fact you think that. I was raised in a mining village in Yorkshire, I love the fact you thought we had Sky in all of the bedrooms. I mean... 
have to go see. I had to go lay in bed and watch it as well. I had a little yellow TV video combo. It was fluorescent yellow. Yeah, so I I had really fond memories of the banana splits growing up as a kid. Like I do a lot of Hanna-Barbera stuff, which is why I love like a lot of Hanna-Barbera stuff now. Um, but when I found out that they'd turned it into a horror movie, it was kind of one of those things of you're like, your brain kind of goes, I like horror movies and I like the banana splits. Like, how the fuck is this going to work? And it like... It works surprisingly well. Well, it came out at a weird time. It was 2019. Like, Five Nights at Freddy's already existed. 2019 was like 10 years ago. <laughs> it feels like it was like 10 years ago. It was three years, right? Yeah, just. But, like, Five Nights at Freddy already existed, mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck that shit's called. And that other weird game, Inky and the Ben... Bendy and the Ink Machine, which is like another kid's horror game. Just kind of similar to Five Nights at Freddy's. No. Mm. And I'm aware of Five Nights only because like, there's books and toys and you see them fucking everywhere. That fucking bear with a hat on, man. Yeah, I think that's Freddy. Yeah, little cunt. Um, so that, that had already happened. So like, this came out at like a weird time. of It could have been super popular or it could have bombed. And I think it hit a middle ground. I don't think it bombed. Yeah. But it didn't do amazingly yeah. well. Like, in the UK and a lot of parts of the world, it was straight to DVD. I think in America and Canada, it got a limited theatrical release. It was really, it was aired for the, to begin with at, like, a fucking film festival, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it's a sci-fi film. It was made by sci-fi. In conjunction with Warner Brothers. Yeah, whoever owns the rights to, like, Hanna-Barbera stuff. Yeah. And I don't think it's... Because it's it's listed as a Hanna Barbera film. If you look at the back of the Blu-ray disc, the Blu-ray box says a Hanna Barbera production. Mm, I think I read it was done in. Mm, it was premiered at San Diego Comic Con. There we go. There you go. Nice. Uh, yeah, Warner Brothers. So it was released via Blu-ray and DVD by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think they own the rights to a lot of the Hanna Barbera stuff, or at least like film rights and like live action rights because it was Warner Brothers that made the Scooby-Doo movies as well and maybe Josie and the Pussycats or maybe that was Universal yeah, but Universal. they definitely made the um, Scooby-Doo movies cool. so what was your initial impression of watching this movie it's a lot of what the fuck yeah what the fuck I think it helps that, like, oh, it helps and hinders this movie in that I have already seen Willy's Wonderland. Yeah. Um. So I kind of went into it knowing vaguely what to expect because it's a very similar kind of idea. Yeah. Although um, this movie came out two years before. But I've seen... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not talking about release date. I'm talking about yeah. order in which I've seen them. But because of that, that movie also hindered me watching this because I kept comparing it in my head. To Willy's Wonderland. I think this does more with the premise than what Willy's Wonderland did. I don't think Willy's Wonderland went far enough, whereas I think maybe this movie went too far. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird one because, like, all I will say is, fu- uh, fucking, this movie exists. Willy's Wonderland exists. Quite why Blumhouse are still set on making a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, I don't know. Like, we have two movies that basically do the same thing already. 
to varying different degrees. The, I would say the difference between the two movies is I think uh, Willy's Wonderland does a lot with very little, but I also don't think it pushes it enough for it to be like described as a genuine horror movie. There's not a lot of memorable kills or like violence in it. Like obviously there's a lot of man on puppet violence, but there's not a lot of like gore or anything in it. Whereas this movie is basically like a fucking saw with animatronics. Yeah, true. Like it like considering like considering how beloved the banana splits is for a generation and I would guess I would imagine multiple generations of children mm. and how easy it would be for a child to find this movie on a streaming service yeah. if it didn't have parental controls on it. And for a parent, if they weren't aware of what it was, for a child to sit in front of this, it's really, really fucking You'd like to sadistic, think a, a parent almost. pick it up relatively quickly, though, when the drunk host shows up. Like The show yeah. gives you plenty of warning that it's not a banana split show. Yeah film before it gets into the gore which is probably the smartest thing they could have done making this movie because i like you know, it would be very easy for someone to make yeah. that mistake but they give you plenty of warning before it starts getting graphic that mm. this is not the film you're thinking it is yeah and it's quite a, like as i just said it's quite a sadistic film <laughs> like the like there's kills and then there's like kills and you're kind of just like you're i was, I was watching it and i was like there were there were genuine moments where like there's a couple of bits that happen off screen and like genuinely speaking, generally speaking, the characters that like you hear screaming off screen aren't murdered. Like something's happened to them and then they bring them back. Um, but there were a couple of kills in this movie where I was like, nah, 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 nah. This is like, this is kids characters. Like you're not going to have them do anything too fucked up. And they like genuinely rip a man's arms and legs off. Yeah, they do a banana split. They fucking burn a dude's face. They do. They smash a woman's head in with a hammer. Um, it's like a lollipop or something that he sticks down Stevie's throat yeah. and kills Stevie. Um, and then, like, there's the the whole finger-breaking thing. The, my one complaint about this movie, actually, is so towards the end when you finally get to the basement and you see them putting on the really fucking sadistic version of the Banana Split show... They go past a corridor that is, like, all of the audience members, like, 30 people, like, crammed into this little bit. You don't see any of those people die. Yeah. And that's really disappointing. Yeah. Because this could have had a way bigger kill count. I mean, I know they die either way. But this film, there's quite a few slow parts of this film that could have probably done with seeing them massacre the audience. Yeah. See, I think that, for me, is probably the biggest wasted opportunity I think what they should have done is extended the third act. So the bit where you see them acting out like the fucked up version of the Banana Split show. Like you get a little glimpse of it about halfway through the movie when Flegel saws the guy in half. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing. It's one of the best kills in the movie. And then um, you see them obviously doing the bit at the end with like, <laughs> with like Stevie and stuff. I feel like that and like they, they get the producer Rebecca and Carl to run the like kids game maze but I definitely think that could have been they could have extended that I mean it's probably more of a budgetary thing than anything but they could have extended that out you are right they could have had more of the kills take place by like way of 
banana splits doing banana splits stuff, if that makes sense. But more dangerous. Yeah, like there's there's a perfect setup for what would have been an incredible kill. So there's like a mailbox that the little girl Zoe opens and Harley says, oh, when Flegel does it or Snorky or whoever it is, opens it up, the letters come flying out. That would have been amazing if they had like people like... Well, they do do it, don't they? But they, they set them on fire yeah. instead. But like I'm just saying, if they had people like... They put like razor blades yeah. inside it or something. Yeah. yeah, and then like the letters come out and they like kill people like that way. Like there's the the problem with this movie is this movie is great and it does use the premise very well within the confines of the budget that I imagine they had. But I feel like there is a version of this movie that has a slightly bigger budget and is slightly more creative in the realm of like where there's less restrictions, like and they're actually able to use because they walk past like different sets. Yeah, they walk past like the circus set, yeah. the jungle set, yeah. the magic show set they do yeah. use. And that's what I mean. There's like there's bits where they could have used like the diff because the sets are already there. The people are walking past the sets. They could have used a bit more of the like sets. Because there is that bit where like Austin and um Beth are in the Jungle. Jungle and like Bingo comes down and picks him up and takes him away, like, they could have just used some of the sets that they had a little bit more, because it is, there are lots, there are lots of scenes in this movie where there are just, like, puppets walking down, like, animatronics walking down corridors, and I'm like, okay, this is cool, but also, you have a giant circus set over there, you have a jungle set over there, like, come on, yeah. man, like, you know what I mean? Like, there is a cracking hom homage to Christine in this movie, though. They basically recreate one of the scenes from Christina. But that well, scene is, is way too fucking long. Yeah. And completely To be fair, the scene of Christina is though. <laughs> but it's like completely unnecessary yeah, for a film like this. Yeah. That time could have been spent. Like there are so many scenes in this film that are dragged out for a little bit longer than they needed to. And you could have, even if it's not them doing banana splitsy stuff, like just see them all massacre the rest of the audience. Yeah. Because like we get told that the rest of the audience is dead. We see all of the bodies in the basement mm-hmm. But they don't really do any. Like, they're just like, oh, yeah, lucky they killed all of these people. Like, there were <clears> scenes <throat> that could have been cut out of this film to give us that massacre yeah. scene. And the thing is, as well, like, a lot of the stalk and chase scenes in this movie I didn't find to be very suspenseful. No. Um, so there's, like, there's sections of this movie where, like, everybody that goes to the meet and greet afterwards, so Carl and his daughter, um, the two millennials, Poppy and Thad, um, the two kids... Uh, Beth, Austin, Paige, Mitch, Mitch are all split up, and this is what I mean. Like mix it up, like have them all split up, but have them like traversing some of the different sets, or have to have the kids go into like because that's that's the great bit. Like when the fucking millennials when he proposes to her, they and they end up in the magic Flegel's magic shop, and he kills him using the magic thing. That would have been cool to see each banana split get a signature set piece so like bingo actually kills someone in the jungle set like snorky actually kills someone in his circus doing his circus routine in the same way that flegel gets to kill that fucking dickhead in his magic shop and that's what i mean there's like like i completely agree with you there are scenes in this movie like we figured out that the husband mitch was cheating on beth like, we didn't need, like, a ten-minute fucking scene of him and her having, like, a domestic in the car park. You know what I mean? That leads to... Well, I mean, it doesn't really lead to nowhere. 
but it leads to him being on his own and getting fucking stalked by Snorky and the banana buggy. But it doesn't progress the story, really. No. It doesn't, like, make you feel... You don't feel sorry for him. You think he's an asshole. And then you're just like, well, that's great, but you've got kids to go and save. It doesn't, it doesn't like... It doesn't pay off in any other than the fact that she gets to punch him at the end and then he gets run over by the banana buggy and he dies. That whole scene doesn't really pay off in any particular, like, meaningful way. No. Like, you could have cut that scene out and you could have added, like, an extra death scene in or you could have added something, like, more... Yeah. ...interested in. But, like, what did you... Like, talking about the death scenes, were you surprised how gory this movie was? Uh, a little bit, but not really. But again, I think part of that is down to having seen Willy's Wonderland. Yeah. I kind of anticipated it being very gory. I was... But, I mean, given the fact of, like, what the property is, are you surprised that they were I allowed mean, to go as far as they the did? The thing is, though, is I don't really know the property. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, but... it, I, my brain never even was like, oh, this seems far for that. Because I've never seen it. Like, my brain, like, I'm just like, it was maybe a kid show at some point like in the 60s fuck it like there's not really going to be any kids today who are watching banana splits Mm. which is kind of an interesting thing that this movie posits this movie happens in the real world in real time yeah and there are people that are like there are fucking tiktokers that are obsessed with like i like kids that are upset and i'm like that that fucking kid would not be obsessed with this show now like that would not be his favorite show now like, I mean, you never fucking know, to be honest. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, so not really, because I didn't really have it. It's not like I have a massive respect for the original source material. I anticipated it being quite gory. I was a little bit surprised at how cheesy the gore was. Yeah, that's a budgetary thing. That's though. a, yeah, obviously. But like, I was a little bit surprised at exactly how cheesy the gore was. Uh, the flame scene particularly where they burn the dude's face, I think, yeah. is one and of the... and the bit where they rip... Um, the dude in the half. The dude in half. Well, rip his limbs off, yeah. And the guts from the soaring in half. <laughs> that was that was funny. They all come tumbling out of him. That was funny. It was funny. It was good. But, yeah, I was um, pleasantly surprised. Like, I... I th- when I first heard this movie existed, I was like... It's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be, like, horrendously toned down, really fucking bloodless. They're not going to be allowed to do anything because it's effectively a kid's property that they've turned into a horror movie. Or it's going to be, like, super cheesy and it's not really going to work well as a horror movie because, you know, psychedelic animals playing, like, music and having fun adventures doesn't really seem like... The recipe for a fucking horror movie. But I'm like pleasantly surprised. Like Danishka Esterhazy like directs it really well. Like obviously there are limitations, like we've said, with the budget and obviously the fact that they only use one set. Um and I don't think that they use the one set to its fullest. But I do think that she gets a lot of mileage out of the the idea like mm. it is a it is a very simple idea but i do think that she gets a lot of mileage out of it um obviously it's made me want to see our slumber party massacre remake because i want to see like what that's like but in terms of like the characters i thought that was the biggest failing of the movie was oh, really yeah i didn't think there were any particularly likable characters I... in this movie so there was only two the three characters i really liked in this film i really love beth 
obviously. I really liked Paige. Mm-hmm. I really liked Austin. Fake Alex Wolf. Fake Alex Wolf. Wish Wish Alice Wolf. Alice yeah. Wolf. Alex Wolf. Um, I really liked Austin's character actually. He grew on me quite a lot throughout the film because he's kind of a bit of a, like a burnout older sibling who's just a bit. I don't think he's not even a bad brother. He's a great brother. But he's just a bit like, he's not had the best of his life, has he? Yeah, yeah. And then he does so many things to try and, like, make his brother's day great. Like, it fucking backfires massively. <laughs> but, like, he's the one who gets them backstage. Like, he really wants his brother to have a great day. And I really like that about him. And he's also the dude who, like, when he finds out his stepdad was cheating on his mum, he's, he's, like, he's full-blown ready to fight, bitch. Yeah. I'm like, baby, would kick your ass, but that's sweet. And then when they're in the jungle, he says to his mum, like, you used to be really tough. And, like, dad, like dad's death broke you, basically. Mm-hmm. And then she becomes badass mum again. I like Beth, but only after she becomes badass Beth. She takes off her cardigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know she's serious. She's wearing a tank top. Yeah. And then, yeah, I really like Paige. Just because Paige is just, like, super, like, fuck. Yeah. Like, I... I, I no longer have a job, and now this is happening. Jesus. I think there are a lot of, like characters that you just want to die in it though stevie's a prick stevie's typical like stevie's kind of like what i imagine most children's presenters to be like what a drunk dickhead yeah yeah like like i can't speak for america or around the world but like when i think of like people over here that play like mr tumble that fucking guy in the scarf or when i think about like hey so i found this out the other day he was Milo in the Tweenies. Oh, shit. Yeah. But, like, when you think about, like, people like Dick and Dom in the bungalow. Don't come for Dick and the Dom. The woman who works with the we're all just men, innocent men dog. Don't um, come for Dick and Dom. And then people like, you know, all those kind of, like, those people that did, like, children's TV for a long time. And the only person I, hand on heart, don't think is a dickhead who used to be a children's TV presenter is Neil Buchanan. Because I think Neil Buchanan's yeah. a fucking act. And he's a, he's a geezer and he's in a metal band. Yeah. Like, and he taught me um, how to... I think Nicole said Dick and Dom are really nice because Nicole's met them quite a yeah, few times. Yeah, she's to Well, well in the they same. both worked at yeah. Butlins, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I he's like he's like how I imagine a lot of these like children's entertainers are. They're like, I'm on a kid's show, but I'm not the focus. Like, everybody loves the puppets, but like, everybody thinks I'm a prick. Um... So he he kind of I like I understood his character, but I didn't necessarily think his character was like a particularly nice person, mm. and I was kind of happy when he died. Same with the same with the TV executive. I thought he was a fucking cock end, um, but I do think there like and the dad who's like relentlessly obsessed with his daughter being famous, like he fucking pissed me off no end. He reminded me of all those weird pageant parents. Yeah. Like, like, the minute their kid is born, they're like, hey, man, how long is it going to be until my kid can walk in this fucking Miss Cornstarch Rodeo Pancake Jamboree? And I'm like, you're a fucking... You wasted your life. Now you're going to try and ruin your kids because you're, like, vicariously trying to live through your child. Yeah. And, like, the, the like I don't want to sound harsh when I say this because not every parent that's like that is a complete knobhead. A lot of them are narcissists. 
But so, but every now and then, I think the problem is is especially for us in the <coughs> UK, like the only experience we really have with because we don't really pageanting is not no. really a thing, and the, like, they exist, but it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. a big deal over here. And the only experience like the the UK general public really have with it is like the fucking like shows. Yeah, like X Factor. Or... No, 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 no. Right? Do you want to say no anymore? The like a Little Miss pageant, like pageant parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thing the Honey show. Boo Boo was yeah, on yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, that is really the like the American fucking reality yeah. TV shit. It's, like, the only experience we really have with, like, pageant kids in the yeah. UK, which I think is why a lot of people in the UK tend to think pageant parents are dickheads. But the one thing I was going to say is, like, as narcissistic as fucking pageant parents or this guy in this movie is... They're also really deluded. Like, not all the time. Like, sometimes our kids are genuinely talented. And sometimes our kids do grow up to be famous. Like, Jojo Seawar, for example. I know her parents didn't push her into, like, what she did. But she was an annoying, like, fucking TikTok kid or YouTube kid. She came from one of the pageant shows. Yeah, and then now she's, like, super famous and has a really good head on her shoulders. Because she's, like, proven herself to be really talented at dancing and etc whatever it is she does yeah but like generally speaking those parents are like super narcissistic and delusional because that kids suck most of the time so he fucking wound me up no end and i was really fucking glad when he died but yeah it's also the fact that her audition song is my humps yeah because like as rebecca says that's really disturbing yeah but like (laughs) it's disturbing i found this movie to be relentlessly bleak Like, it is really nihilistic. It's like, hey, man, you are all garbage people, and these animatronics are going to fuck your shit up. Um, What did you think of the animatronics? What did you think of the actual puppets? Like, like, I... Because you you made a comment about halfway through of how they look more evil when they're, like, murdering people. I think it's part of it is because they're not wearing their glasses anymore. Hmm. And they have creepy fucking eyes. Well, two of them are, because Bingo's still wearing his glasses, and so is Drooper. The only one that doesn't wear glasses is Fleagle, but he doesn't wear glasses anyway. Wait, is Drooper the dog? Yeah, Drooper's the dog. No, Drooper's not got glasses on. When he saws the girl in half, no, his little so... eyes are put in, his tongue's out. Yeah, f- no, sorry, Fleagle's the one with the tongue. Oh. Drooper's, the- Drooper's the one that kills Stevie. He's the one that rams a lollipop down his throat yes he's the he's the ringleader the one who mm. ends up with the terminator eye um but yeah it's 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 mental how they manage to take something as innocuous as the banana splits and actually make them feel threatening All i'm saying is so like i watched bananas in pajamas growing up and like as an adult completely i realize huh completely different thing but no i know I'm, I'm getting to a point with it as a kid i loved that show as an adult those guys in banana costumes were fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what this is. Like, if I was a child, I'd probably be like, oh my God, the banana spits are super cute. I love them. I want teddies of them. As an adult, I'm like, they are fucking creepy. Except for the elephant. Snorky. Snorky. Snorky's still cute. But I think it's because Snorky has glasses and then he's got like his little button eyes. Yeah. And also he's a big elephant. Yeah. Like he's, he doesn't look menacing. He kind of looks sad. Yeah. So he kind of like... Do you know in Gremlins, when all the other Gremlins are acting like cunts and then Gizmo's just kind of like... Sure. Like, yeah. that's what that reminds me of. Like, all... He doesn't seem that interested in murder. Like, he just is like... I don't think it's that. He... I think he, he's still interested in killing all the adults. 
which is what the aim is for the rest of them. But I think it's when he meets Harley and Zoe and... I want to say she's called Piper, but she's not. Parker. Parker, thank you. Like Parker from Leverage. Um, they're really scared and upset. And obviously the entire thing is the show must go on for the kids. Yeah. And I think that's the reason that he turns on them all, is he yeah. realises that they're upsetting the children. Yeah, and that's a big no-no. No. What did you think of the really fucking weird left-field... Uh, sequel bait of the fucking woman, the human oh, banana Poppy. split fucking owl thing. I like Poppy. But like, what did you think about her like donning the owl costume and becoming like a oh, human? Wait, she's gone the, off the, ra- the new guardian of the banana split. I kind of get it because she like definitely has like a full mental break, <laughs> and I think that's what like basically what that is is she's just gone insane. Yeah. After. Dad. Thad died. And I mean, she was kind of involved in that because Flopsy? Flegal. Flegal. They were stupid names. <laughs> he's like holding her hands on the saw with yeah. him as he kills her partner. Yeah. He's, got a, he's almost got a, like in a headlock, like you will watch this. No, and he's holding her hand yeah. on the saw yeah. as well. And I think she has, she, she has a mental break mm-hmm. and just goes insane. What do you think, like, as a sequel potential? I don't need another Because they one. set up a sequel, don't they, with her? Because she's driving the banana buggy. Yeah, Because she Flegel kills Mitch. Up. And Flegel and Bingo are in the back I think of it. all of them are in the back. Yeah. Well, I didn't see Snorky. Except for Snorky. Yeah, Snorky's the other isn't. three are there. Yeah, Flegel, Bingo and... I mean, I don't need a sequel. I wouldn't be mad at a sequel, but I don't think it needs one. Yeah, I mean, I would watch it. I think it'd be hilarious. I think I think it's one of those things, like, they got as much mileage out of the idea as they can. I don't think they need a sequel, and I don't know if it would warrant making a sequel. And I'm kind of intrigued that they set up a sequel, and I'm like, do you think this is going to be a franchise? Like, realistically, like... But I do kind of like that bit at the end where she's driving the banana buggy and she's singing the song. Tra-la-la, yeah, tra-la-la, I think that's kind of cool. Um, one last question I have for you before mm. we kind of wrap this up what now that we've got this this movie this mm-hmm. movie that happened what other kids shows do you think would translate into horror movies TV I was going to say I think the obvious one is fucking Scooby they need to make an actual Scooby Doo they never will but they need to make an actual Scooby Doo horror movie it'd be fucking amazing I think the closest we'll get is the supernatural Scooby Doo crossover yeah. episode um, outside of that, wacky races maybe. Do you know what I was thinking about? Because I was like, they could make a really cool twisted metal death race style. Wacky but with race. all the like wacky races, yeah, characters. where they're actually trying to kill each other. Yeah, wacky races would be a really because cool one. you look at like some of the cars in wacky races. Like you look at Dick Darcy's fucking weird car, Penelope pit stop. The gangsters is it the Ant Hill mob that are like the gangsters in the little gangster car. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that would be fucking awesome. Um, I kind of also think that they could do, like, some of the other, like, Hanna-Barbera properties. Like, not necessarily things like um, Flintstones, but you could do, like, a Captain Caveman horror movie. Yeah. That would be kind of cool. It'd be like, a bit like Conan the Barbarian, but he's, like, Captain Caveman. And I kind of like I think about like other other kids shows maybe like more British kids shows the like 
bananas in pyjamas because you just have them like the fucking kids want to shine in. Like, Mate, fucking, like, if we were making, like, any, any kid show into a horror film, I would love to see actual live-action Courage Cowardly Dog. Yeah. Like, an actual horror movie. Or, and this is, like, a very, very specifically British, my era growing up show, Mona the Vampire. Yeah. Because we're getting that um, weird Winnie the Pooh one, aren't we? Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Where Winnie, Winnie the Pooh... Winnie the shit, use your big boy words. Winnie the Pooh's like fucking <coughs> straight up murdering fools. Yeah. Which is going to be like fucking weird. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Cause like, the thing is, I don't know how you feel about that. Because I feel like there's, for certain kids' characters you shouldn't touch in that way. Winnie the Pooh is one of them. Yeah. And the other one is probably Peter Rabbit. Yeah, I mean, or Paddington. I mean, as well. to be fair, Peter Rabbit fucking horror movie would just look like Watership Down, wouldn't it? Yeah. All these fucking. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're no matter how how many generations passed, they're like three things that are always kids are always going to find and fall in love with. Mm. I don't agree with making a horror movie about <laughs> Pooh. Yeah. Like, I grew up with the Pooh. You grew up with the Pooh. My mum grew up with yeah. the Pooh. I'm pretty sure my nana did as well. Like. Yeah. It's generational, and I kind of I'm I'm a little bit annoyed that they've decided to make a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. I feel like with the right angle, a lot of roll dolls. Uh, oh fuck yeah! They wouldn't even need to do much work. Yeah, they could literally they could just do it, just shoot it in a slightly darker, like it's a horror movie. You'd be like, yeah, all right. Like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Matilda. The witches. The witches. I mean, the witches kind of is a horror movie already. The twits. Uh, the fox was the fox one. Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fox. Yeah, he just goes around and eats all the fucking chickens. Um, Danny and the Champion of the World, that's a little bit harder to do. But and then you've got like Ezio Trot James as well. The James Peach. the Giant Peach. That easily becomes a so horror movie. Um, the version of that that uh, Henry Selleck made <gasps> is fucking already phenomenal. super fucking creepy anyway. It's phenomenal. That's what that is. But like, I think about like kids' shows that I grew up watching, like. Stuff like Rainbow and Sooty and, like, Button Moon. Mate, do you know what they should make into a horror film? Teletubbies as a horror movie. They're just fucking murdering people and putting them in the tubby huts. Rosie and Jim. Oh, mate. And the Tiny Tots. Oh, mate. Teeny Tots, Tiny Tots. It's Tilly, Tilly Tom, Tom and Tiny. tiny. <laughs> She's a tot and these I don't know if America or anywhere else got these shows. It's really fucking confusing. But then, like, you look... Yeah, but then, like, if you relate it to, like, stuff that we watched Rosie when we were slightly older kids, like Rocco's Modern Life, you could easily yeah. make a horror movie. Now and Chicken, Cat Dog. SpongeBob you could easily make... Because there's an episode of Spongebob where he feeds the out-of-date Krabby Patty to the guy and the guy dies and it's all about him and oh, fucking... Oh, man, that's such a dark yeah, episode. Yeah, it's all about him like, and fucking Mr. Squidward. Me and Mr. Crab Crab's, it? like, fucking burying the body. The guy alive and then he's like, you think he's come back as a zombie? Ren and, Ren and Stimpy, because Ren and Stimpy was fucking weird. No, Joe, you know would make a great horror movie. What? Pinky in the Brain. Yeah. Pinky in the brain, 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 brain. Have you seen... I don't know if you've seen this. This is relevant to this interest. Um, someone's done a claymation version of Pingu, but it's The Thing. Amazing. So, you know, like John Carpenter's The Thing. They've done yeah. it like, like with Pingu, and Amazing. it's fucking cr- incredible. Um, yeah, but, like, a lot of that stuff, like, Looney Tunes, you could easily, like... You could do a Muppets... Ho- you imagine a fucking Muppets horror movie. Uh, Muppets Haunted Halloween. Yeah, but, like, I'm talking, like, a proper one. Muppets Haunted Halloween. Because, like, Jim Henson did some dark shit, because Labyrinth's quite dark. Yeah. 
And Dark Crystal is like. I would love a remake of The Labyrinth. But like actual like a horror movie mm-hmm. version. Could you imagine how dark and creepy you could make that and so twisted? Well, Scott Derrickson was meant to be making it, who made the Black Phone and um, Sinister. He was meant to be doing the sequel. Mm-hmm. And like Fede Alvarez, I think at one point was attached to the sequel. I don't know how I feel about the sequel. But like I'm like I'm like you hear the words Fede Alvarez, the guy who made Don't Breathe and the Evil Dead Four, and fucking Scott Derrickson who made Sinister and the Black Phone, and, and like. Those two guys were in the running to do the Labyrinth sequel, and I'm like... I don't know how I feel about a sequel to the Labyrinth. I don't really, but like... Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential. I think Scooby-Doo is the obvious one, mm. because there was an R-rated cut of the original Scooby-Doo movie, Scooby-Doo as we discussed, Scooby-Doo. because there was, like, lesbian stuff and, like, all that kind of thing. I mean, I'm it, not, like, not bored about that. Just make it gorier or darker, bitches. Do the version of it. Have you? Did you read the comic that came out a few years ago where it was like Mad Max style? I've not read it, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. Do do a Scooby Doo movie like that where they're living in a fucking zombie wasteland, and it's like Mad Max Fury Road, and they're just like fucking up a bunch of zombies. Get Rob, get fucking Rob Zombie to direct it, and like. No, it's not. It would be fucking well, great. Ruby Doo's like. Because his wife had played Daphne, undoubtedly, or Velma. Why have, you, why have you brought this evil upon me? Well, let's be honest, Rob Zombie can't make a movie without casting his wife in it. Also, also, Velma would be walking around going, Jinkies, motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Shaggy would just be blazed all the time. Yeah. Like, prop- I mean, but, like, Shaggy's always blazed anyway. But then, like, but then, like, Fucking Scooby gets bit by a zombie and fucking goes rabid like Cujo and kills them all. <laughs> Twisted, man. They kill Scrappy and eat him. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with that. I fucking hate Scrappy. <laughs> it's because he's a little prick. He is a little prick. Um, but yeah, so let's rate this movie and give our final thoughts on it so we can wrap this up. Um, I'm going to give it a three. Because it did not reach its potential. But were you ever bored, though? Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a bunch of shit that happens. I'm just like, going, like the fucking hallway chases. I was so bored. I was like, just have them come out of nowhere and fucking kidnap them. Um. Yeah, it was a lot of... There was quite a lot of wasted potential, I feel. Um, probably budget-related, you are <sighs> right. Um, but all in all, it was a good film. It was a fun way to spend an hour and a half, but it felt a lot longer than an hour and a half. Yeah. And I think that's a big problem with this film. A film at an hour and a half should not feel longer than no. that. Bro, I've got it, by the way. Dizzy Heights Hotel was a horror movie. Uh, Do you remember? It was like the hotel show that had like the puppets in it. But oh, it had the, yeah. It had like, the puppet heads mounted on the wall as well. Yeah. yeah, bro. That as a horror movie would be sick. But yeah, three stars. Three yeah. axes. Yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree. I enjoyed it a lot. I do think that maybe some budgetary limitations stopped the movie reaching its full potential and they didn't make the most of the creativity that was on hand. Whether that's due to them just not having the imagination to do it or whether it is a budgetary thing, we'll never know. But I do think that there is a version of this movie where it could have been like a little bit more creative. Uh, but I enjoyed it for what it was. I fucking thought it was re- I like I remember watching it to the end and be like this is fucking great and we got Patrick Stump singing yeah. the Banana Split song because Patrick Stump scored this movie 
Second time he's been on the podcast. Shout out. We love you, Patrick. Um, but yeah, I thought generally... Yeah, because he scored Black Friday as well. Oh, yeah. I thought Black Friday, there's another movie that didn't live up to its potential. But yeah, I thought generally speaking, for a movie of its budget and its type, it um, entertained me enough. I don't know if it's a movie that I'll go back to very often, but it's very much a midnight movie. I can imagine people like going to midnight screenings of this and fucking losing their minds. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. On an unrelated note, talk about peace screenings of films. A cinema in America recently showed all five Twilight films. Hell yeah. I know. And like people were quoting along, like you know, they sort of filmed like from inside the theatre of them like quoting along with like <coughs> the film. Nice. Doing the like where you've been loca and stuff like that. Oh man. I would I would I would do a day in the cinema watching all the Twilight movies. Uh Cinema in America recently did all seven Nightmare on Elm Street movies as well. Like overnight. It was, like, I would overnight rather chew my own arm off. <laughs> I would rather recreate 127 hours. Fuck's sake. Um, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's our thoughts on the Banana Splits movie. Have you guys seen it? Have you not seen it? As always, find us on social media. S-I-M-A-H-F pod on Twitter. So I'm Aaron, a horror fan. All one word. All lowercase on Tumblr and Instagram. Let us know if you guys have seen it. If you did. If you enjoyed it. Um, also, let us know what you guys think would be great kids' shows or kids' films turned into horror movies, because I'm really intrigued as to what other people would think Alice in Wonderland would be sick. Um, Obviously. I was going to say The Wizard of Oz, and then I realised Return to Oz exists. I'm surprised there's not a horror version of Alice in Wonderland. There must be. Somewhere out there, someone must well, have made Well, they were going to do Lucky McGee's version. one, weren't they? Because Wes Craven American was going to make... American McGee. Because Wes Craven was going to make it with oh. Sarah Michelle Gellar. We talked about this on yes. something before. I would... I would literally throw money at that point Jack. um yeah as always thank you so much guys for the love that you showed our prey episode our nope episode and obviously all the episodes that we've been releasing throughout west craven appreciation month uh we just dropped new nightmare on friday so if you haven't go and check that out uh this monday coming up we are going to be looking at a movie the one movie Can in the whole of new nightmare on friday uh monday this monday just when we dropped it this is dropping on friday i'm i'm tired um this monday coming we will be dropping up the one movie that lives up to its name the most in the entire world. We will be looking at Wes Craven's Cursed. So come back Monday for that. As always, we thank you for your continued support and we hope everyone stays spooky and stay safe. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.